Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Building Blocks, with our guest, Jake. Thank you for being here today, Jake. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Matt. My name is Jake Felser. I'm the Chief Technology Officer at Freight Farms, the world leader in container farming. I've been in technology development and product development for almost 15 years in various roles. Most of the teams I've been a part of have built things that cross mechanical, electrical, and software realms in various ways. And I just love building stuff. Awesome. I'm looking forward to chatting today. Why did you choose this career? I think there's probably the corny answer is I always played with Legos as a kid and model rockets and stuff like that. And then became an engineer in college. And I have just always really like building stuff. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating that at all. And that's what I get to do every day is build stuff. That's just always brings me great joy. Now, the path to my career has not necessarily been straightforward, as I think most careers aren't. I actually, for a while, especially in high school, really thought I wanted to be a software developer, go into software and work on video games, things like that. And I went into college thinking that might be the case, but I pretty soon realized that I actually really liked building things that had a physical component and I could actually touch them with my hands and see and feel the output more than an abstract piece of software. Um, I also didn't really want to sit at a computer all day. And of course, in hindsight, I still sit at a computer all day, but I do get to go see the things that I built in person, which is really nice. I also think that over time, I've gotten back into software. You know, I was a mechanical engineer in college worked on primarily mechanical things for a few years after, and then gradually learned more and more across the spectrum, across electronics and software. And I see those tools primarily as enablers to building more powerful products now, not in ends of, in and of itself. I saw on online that you've worked with Raspberry Pi devices, and I guess that kind of is a bridge between the hardware and software realm for your work. Absolutely, yeah. So. You know, I think Raspberry Pi and Arduino are incredibly powerful prototyping tools that if you're interested in this intersection of hardware and software and electronics are super worth diving into. You can find a ton of stuff online and just teach yourself and start automating and playing with the stuff around you. You can play with instrumentation, you can play with control, um, you can play with connectivity and internet of things and machine learning and all this stuff in this intersection of hardware and software, which is really cool. At Freight Farms, we use Raspberry Pis in a very limited way around our cameras. A lot of the control systems lower down in the stack, we've built ourselves to be much more reliable, next level industrial level up than the Raspberry Pi would be. So our rules, we don't use the Raspberry Pi in mission critical applications, but all of the same core skills that you can build 
with the Raspberry Pi are the same things that we're pulling into that next layer down. A lot of the same techniques, just with the added security and robustness that come with real-time operating systems and getting a little closer to the metal. For sure. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you graduated? There are so many things I know now that I wish I knew when I graduated. I think that's a hard question to narrow down. I'm not going to give you just one. Okay, um, that's fine. Okay. I think one that one thing that sounds capitalist, <laughs> perhaps, is when I was in high school picking a college, the financial elements of the college were just not really in my consideration. I just wasn't thinking about it. I was trying to go to a college that I was really excited about, and I figured I could get loans or financial aid or anything if I needed it. And I ended up going to Olin, uh, which at the time was, I was one of the first classes at Olin when it was fully endowed. So there was, it was full scholarship. Nice. And at the time I was like, that's amazing. But it wasn't a dominant thing that I was thinking about. I was just excited to go to college. And then the minute you graduate, not having a lot of debt actually really changed my career trajectory in ways that I did not see coming out of high school. And I think it's not something that people necessarily talk about, but coming out of an engineering program where you had a full scholarship really let me go and learn stuff. And so the first few years after college, I actually did a startup, which was a very scrappy startup with a friend of mine. We built a handful of consumer products over a few years and we did okay, but none of that would have been possible if I had substantial loans that I had to pay back. And that experience, that entrepreneurial drive that came out of that really has shaped the rest of my career in ways that I trace back to doing that startup. The thing that sort of the second lesson I would say out of that is that the thing to optimize for is knowledge, is learning. You should always try to pick within the constraints that you have the job where you will learn the most and you tend to learn the most in places that excite you the most. It's hard to say, I really should learn something and then go learn it. It's much easier if you're just excited about it and then you will learn it. And if you keep doing that through your career, if you're a fast learner and you're curious, you'll climb up the skill level, like your skill ladder really fast and get really good at what you're doing. But if you can do that for 10 or 15 or 20 years, then you start getting a breadth of knowledge because you've been in different places and been really curious across places and you can make connections that other people can't make. And that becomes this really self-compounding, powerful thing if you can keep it up. And honestly, when I interview new employees or potential employees, I try to interview for curiosity as much as I can. I ask people questions like, what's the, what's like the most interesting thing you learned recently? And just see what they say. And you can tell a lot about somebody from that, actually. I completely agree. And I think the other point you made is really important about finding opportunities that you have growth to learn. One of the things I tell my students who are juniors and seniors is that if you're looking at two job offers and one pays more, but one has more opportunities to learn that the short term income might not be worth what you lose by getting the experience in the other position that's paying a little less and that you have to weigh those things when you're comparing offers. A hundred percent. And there was an experience I had when I was at Olin and I'm very thankful for my Olin experience in all kinds of ways. One way I'm thankful is because the professors always understood the value of learning even outside the context of their own classroom. 
I think it's very easy for professors to think, oh, like, the thing I'm teaching you is the most important thing, right? So you got to be here for my class. When I was a junior, I basically just worked at a company that I thought was really cool for basically free during the school year. And they asked me in roughly March of my junior year, if I'd be willing to go to India for a month to work in their factory. And my professors encouraged me to say yes. And so I did it. So a week of it was over spring break, but I just missed three weeks of school. And my GPA was not good that semester. It wasn't, I didn't fail anything, but it wasn't great. But I learned so much more than if I'd been in class. And I remember my academic advisor told me at the time, she said, you'll remember this trip in 10 years and you will not remember what classes you were even taking, which has pretty much been true. Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes the experiences that students get through internships in the moment they don't actually appreciate and understand what they're getting sometimes they might just think that they're getting grossly underpaid but they're really getting skills that will help them launch their career after college and as you said like the courses they were taking that semester they might not actually remember all that much and i think maybe a last point is I think that work-life balance is super important. You need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, but you can also really accelerate your ability to learn and execute by just working harder than other people. If you work 10%, 20% harder than the people around you and you do it in a sustained way for a long time, the compounding effects of that are really great as well. I always just had jobs at college and have continued always doing multiple things or advising companies on the side or just working a lot of hours at my main job just to soak as much in as I possibly can. Yeah, and I would add on to that, that I think a lot of people find productivity hacks and that it's about working smarter, not just doing longer hours. And I'm sure in your career, you've come across ways to optimize your time. Definitely. I have a lot of systems that I use that I've figured out over time, just how to write things down in a way I'll remember them. And the key to efficiency really is knowing what not to do, or if you have to do it, but it's not really adding to your learning or to the value you're generating, just doing it as quickly as you can. Yeah. And maybe that leads to my next question about recalling a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? So this is a question I had the hardest time with in preparing for this, I think, I I think it's hard because there's been so many, right? And to me, it's about, I think over time, if you're working hard and you're learning a lot, you will also be stretched mentally by hard situations. And what you'll find is that just like learning, your ability to handle a hard situation increases as you go through your career. And there've been tons of hard situations in my career, right? Tons of all kinds, right? There's people situations, there's organizational situations. I've shut down companies. I've started companies that were really scrappy. I've been through layoffs, been through lawsuits, recalls and all kinds of stuff, right? And I think one of the experiences I come back to is on the very first company that I started right after school, my co-founder and I we had a very simple product. It was a bottle opener keychain 
And we had built it as like a test product, basically like a test of our process. And could we actually launch something, get it on the market? It was a Kickstarter originally back in the days when Kickstarter didn't require you to have a prototype or anything to put up near a product. And we launched it and it was, we thought it was pretty successful. We sold a few thousand of them. They were not big numbers in hindsight, but we were very excited about it. And we ended up getting a cease and desist for patent infringement. And it, it wasn't, I'll withhold on the cease and desist, but we were incredibly freaked out, right? We were like 22 and we had no idea what we were really doing or how to respond to this. And so I went to an advisor of mine who ran a consulting firm, his own firm. And I come into his office, I'd called him. I was like, I have to talk to you. Let's can we get together. He's like, yeah, come to my office, whatever. So I go, I talk to him and I explain the whole situation. And I'm probably like freaking out as I'm explaining it. And he just looks at me with this really confused face as I'm talking. And I'm like, what? And he just looks at me and goes, is this the first time you've ever been sued? And I was like, of course it is. Like, When in my career would I have ever had time to do this before now? And I think it was just this lesson of if you're doing things that matter, like it's going to be hard and that's the point. And so you just got to embrace that. Yeah. I tell people if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And I think that goes to what you were just saying that the road to greatness is not an easy journey. It has its twists and turns and challenges. But as you said earlier too, that you grow from that and then your ability to do those things increases as well. A hundred percent. If you're trying to grow as a professional and you're not a little bit uncomfortable some of the time, you're probably not pushing yourself very hard. So the final question today is for a new graduate, what advice would you impart to them? Yeah, I think I would say a lot of the stuff that we've just talked through, right? So always be learning, do things that you believe in because you will learn and go faster when you do that. It's okay to sacrifice the short-term gain for the long-term win. And I would say, and just in this moment in time in the world, it is super important that we try to do things that, that matter and are net positive for the world. I've tried to always stay close to that in my career because it's how I get inspiration to to do more. There's so much opportunity to make the world a better place in healthcare and climate mitigation and adaptation to a changing climate. There's so much there. So there's a lot to do. The other thing I would say is use the tools available to you, but always try to understand what's happening under the hood. I know with AI proliferating right now, at least at a hype level, there there is going to be a lot of change in the labor force over the next few years. But what I do believe really deeply is that there will always be a place for people who really understand how stuff works because the AI doesn't necessarily, at least where it is now. And so if you really understand something, especially if those things are in hardware, have a physical component, you have nothing to worry about from AI. It's a tool to make you more impactful, not something you should be concerned about. Yeah, I agree. And I think what I've been telling people about AI is you really need to understand the domain to be able to ask a good prompt, like from ChatGBT, and to also evaluate the answer, because sometimes it's wrong. And I think people who are blindly accepting information from AI, if they haven't been burned, they're going to be burned. 
but you were talking about leveling up your skills. I think leveling up with AI support can make you a really productive engineer. But again, you need to have those core skills of problem solving, understanding the domain, and to be able to critically evaluate the output that the AI tells you. Do you know about the Gell-Mann amnesia effect? No, I haven't heard that. It's so. There's a, a guy, he's a philosopher, a scientist, Gell-Mann, and he basically, this effect says that if you read the news and you read an article on something that you're an expert in, you immediately notice that it's full of issues, right? almost always, just because it's through the news filter and that's how it works. And so you read this article and you say, man, like, all these little details are a little bit wrong, right? The general idea is there, but the details are a little bit wrong. And then you turn around and you read another article about something that's not in your area of expertise and you completely forget that caveat and you Mm -hmm. just accept it for what it is, right? And so if you don't have that criticality of some of the stuff the AI spits out, you're going to get in trouble. Yes, for sure. I think that is a really great note to end on. And thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey.